Blog Talk Radio. I'm getting down to the sum of this. The sum of that. The sum of everything. Come Miami Six Man here, Chris C. If you want to follow me on Twitter, it's at Miami Six Man. You can follow the show at CGS here, H E R E, or you can email me feedback using CGS here at gmail.com. And also, uh, for the first time in a long time, I got some comments on my last show I did on uh, with Chris Shelton on Scientology last Friday. There will be another Come Get Some Extra Edition, part two with Chris Shelton tomorrow. Don't you miss that? It's going to be a full hour. Uh, where he addresses a lot of things, including 10 questions. And uh, today is part two with Donna Hare, and we heard about some of her UFO experiences we didn't expect to hear about. Today, we're going to get to hear about Apollo 13, which was kind of a nice surprise. And we're going to hear about you know, uh, some intimidation tactics that might have been used and some of the things she's seen and heard and experienced, uh, some things that might shock you and surprise you. And maybe they won't surprise you at all, but you're definitely going to want to hear this. So here it is without further ado because it's packed with uh, packed with uh, information and data from beginning to end. Uh, stay tuned to the end for a preview of next week's episode with Donna Hare and tomorrow's show with Chris Shelton uh, right after this, uh, this part two, the second part of my conversation with Donna Hare. I hope you enjoy it. Here it is. So while you were in Building Eight, you you don't you didn't work in the same area where this happened, but you had to come there for some reason, and and you saw something. Is that right? Well, I did. I, see, I would work on, on different jobs for different periods of time, for several months at a time. But uh, I would work all over. I mean, I would deliver slides. I would also work and do some of the artwork at at my Soco Ford building offsite. I worked mainly uh, for several months on site in Building Eight. Uh, during the time the Apollo astronauts came back, I was in Building 8 also. But, uh, yeah, I, I was all over the joint. I was everywhere. I met a lot of people. I, I talked to a lot of people. And, and uh, But I'll be honest with you, I just was so focused on doing this job. And I want to tell you something, Chris. It was the most phenomenal job to watch history being made. I bet. Being there. And you were there for it, Yeah. Oh, it was unbelievably wonderful. I will say this, the uh, the time that Apollo uh, 13 was coming back, uh, it was the first time that we had, um, we understood the dire situation that these gentlemen were in because they were losing oxygen and they were inhaling their own, you know, yeah. uh, gases. But one of the things that had happened during the time, I was the person doing the launch and landing slides. Well, I'd already done all the landing slides if the mission would have gone as accordingly that they planned. Well, the astronauts, I believe, were calculating their own reentry in a capsule that the joystick, it's like a pot. You're coming in. Those guys were expert pilots, believe me. You know, fly a bucket. They were coming in hot, meaning oh, yeah. coming in at the right angle. So the the flight controller was the first and only time he brought me the coordinates back in for the uh, splashdown. So I had to do a, a, a rescue, you know, the splashdown slide quickly. And after I plotted it, I realized this coming in was so straight. It was coming on the straight end like a comet, which we know what happens. Mm-hmm. Comets, they burn up. And I just looked at this gentleman, and I said, oh, my God. And it, I just teared up, and we were all, I mean, I I knew, being a tech, what was going to happen. And I really didn't think they were going to make it back. Preparing for the worst. Did. Yeah. Oh, yeah. It was it was pretty awesome. It was, uh, but I still get choked up because I went home thinking those guys are getting back. The Apollo 13 mission. No. Yes. Wow. Yeah. Wow, you were there. So wow. It, it, oh, and, and, and nothing can give you, and I'm going to tell you a little side note. Well, although, no, I'm not going to tell you a side note. <laughs> It'll take too long. It'll take too long, but 
I will say this much. I'm going to write it all down. There's some other things that happened during that time that were so... Uh, being a, a tech... Now, I didn't calculate the reentry. Don't get me wrong. I'm not a mathematician. Obviously, I don't... I have to count how many sticks are in a bundle. <laughs> I do know that this was not something that was of the norm coming back in. It was just, it was not, there was some, some things involved in all of this that I think the hand of God had to be handling this. It just had to be, to get them back. It was just phenomenal, people. It's this kind of story, if someone was telling you about it, like if this happened, like a for instance or hypothetical, you'd say, oh, yeah, they're not going to make it. <laughs> it's like yeah. you just don't expect them to make it. Uh, well, well, you know what? I, I will say this, that at the time, I mean, I'm, I wish I'd have kept a copy of that artwork, that, the reentry of 13, because it's, it's like, like I say, usually they're at a very gradual curve into the atmosphere. This was straight in. It was like it just bucketed down and just wow. Uh, which I knew we knew that the corningware wasn't going to hold up or whatever that thing was, and it was just. Um, I mean, I expected it to to go out, but um, thank God it didn't. It was wonderful. It was wow, wonderful. I didn't expect to get this story. This is a great story. Uh, so it's amazing well, that you were there. We're involved in it too. That's really uh, like I say I've been going through trying to write down certain things that uh, that I'm trying to remember on that and uh, I have a good memory that's the only good thing that I have <laughs> of things that I was interested in okay things that I was interested in and paid close attention to I do have a phenomenal memory now of course as far as anything else you know I can get where I park my car after I've gone shopping all day but you know, I don't. I do have a good memory as far as events. So, wow. Or, you know, I, I am an artist. That's my my whole thing. That I've been an artist all my life. So I've I've learned how to look at things differently than most people. Like, I look at shadows. I look at figures. I look at straight lines. I, you know, I don't just see a chair sitting there. I see every part of the chair. Yeah. The shadows. The so I'm trained as an artist, and I think that training has helped me in memorying, remembering I imagine. images and stuff. So that's been one of the big things, I believe. So anyway, that's <laughs> that's kind of it. I didn't mean to go off on That was a great – but but that's such a great story that I don't think anyone would have expected to hear just from your perspective. You were there for it. You were involved in it, and that's – I had no idea. I'm choked up now thinking – I'm telling you, Chris, I'm I'm choked up right now about it. I mean, I literally went home and cried. I mean, I was like, oh my god, you know, I just I just didn't even want to watch what was going on. I knew what was going. I just it was horrible. It was just horrible, but it turned out great. But I still get choked up. I think everybody there, it was like solemn, but they were working their rear ends off. I will say one thing about NASA: when there's a problem. They get together on it. They work it. Well, they got to. Lives are on the line. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And everybody's watching. Brilliant minds. Brilliant minds. Brilliant people out there. I mean, they were really brilliant. That's right, folks. Tune in. (laughs) Tune in for UFOs. Hear about Donald Trump and and, and (laughs) Apollo 13. (laughs) Now, don't get me wrong here. I'm looking at this from somebody looking at, at these different candidates from all sides, from... I have friends that are Muslim, that are black, that are Oriental, that are Indian. I am looking at it from all aspects of what's going on, it, you know. And I'm I'm really upset with the news media. It's all I'm upset with yeah. right now. It's clear. It's clear. <laughs> so, <laughs> so getting back to building eight. <laughs> yes. Oh yes. Sorry. No, Bob. I am glad we hit, we touched on Apollo 13. That is definitely not getting it out. Um, <laughs> the, in Building 8, you saw a picture uh, being airbrushed of a UFO. Is that correct? Well, it was uh, – what I saw was – now, I had two experiences. One, I saw a UFO on a mosaic that was not airbrushed out yet. Then another time before that, I saw – I walked into uh, the woman's 
she she was in the lab, photo lab too, but she had her own office and she was the airbrush person that does airbrushing. She was doing a uh, working on a negative, putting a gray thick ink with a brush. It wasn't airbrushing. That's a misnomer. I was going in there to learn airbrushing, but she was using a paintbrush on this particular situation. Right, we weren't airbrushing anything and yet. She wasn't at the time airbrushing. She was using a a a, a, a flat snub nose brush. Mm-hmm. And she was daubing the the thick opaque ink around on this object that looked like a bar. I do have a picture. Someone sent it to me of what I I believe I saw really? being airbrushed out. And um, just uh, so I do have a picture of it. I'll send it to you. Yes. Yeah, a copy of it because I was told I could have it. I don't even know where it came from. Somebody sent it to me. I, anonymous? Anonymous? I don't know, to be honest. <laughs> I've been trying to figure out. I asked everybody that I knew, and they said, yeah, you can have it. I'm going, where did it come from? This is what I saw. You know, so I'm not sure what's going on there, but uh, I'll send it to you. Maybe you can figure it out. Sure. Uh, one of the, you know, so anyway. I'm putting that in my book because I asked them if I could put that in my book because that's what I saw being taken out. And uh, so anyway, this this person was taking that out, this bar part. She was going around it. And I found out later that that's how they take things out on a negative. They go in a circle with the ink. So I'm not sure. Somebody that was an artist that later on told me that. Oh. Recently, more recently. So... I saw her doing that in the the anomaly, this disc-shaped object on the mosaic I saw was in another lab across the way. So I had two different experiences with with a UFO or some anomalous object, man-made object on a, on a, on our uh, lunar surface that was we weren't there yet. We hadn't been there yet. That <laughs> was man-made. So oh, these were on the moon. You know, it's. Do what? These were on the moon. I'm sorry, what? You're saying these were on the yeah, moon? That that bar, the bar, the bar thing that I saw being taken out was on the moon. Now, the other one was a a, a the other object I saw, UFO object I saw, was on. Uh, it was over pine trees. It was a, a mosaic of the earth. It's several, a mosaic of several pictures made up to make one larger picture. Okay. And it was of the earth because it was pine trees. I'm assuming because it was the pine trees, and the shadow of the disc was at the right ang- correct angle for the uh, pine trees were cast in the same shadow. So this disc was really close to the ground, and I didn't see a shoreline, so I don't know where this was at. You know, uh, some kind of it was like close enough to see the pine trees, but not close enough to see the outline of the earth of whatever uh, continent it was I'm not sure where it was but it was pine trees so I uh, I've seen two things there in the lab on that and then I've asked around I've, I've talked to different people that were let's put it this way there's some people I've vowed never to tell their name because well, to protect uh, them. working in areas that they yeah. can't talk, okay? But I have, there are people that have told me things that uh, this is an ongoing thing. We've known about it. They've known about it for a long time. And and uh, they just can't talk about it because a lot of this stuff is used in weaponry. And they want to keep that all secret. So, I don't know. It's just a scary world. So my understanding of these pictures being airbrushed, a lot of times they're being airbrushed before they get released to, say, a movie studio or to a news media outlet or something to that effect. Oh, yeah. Oh, definitely. And when you take yeah, these... Uh, you see, well, see, the the um, the live film coming back from Mars and all that, if you see any area that's fogged up or blurred, that's touched up, that's fixed on the spot, huh? And now with digital, they can do that really easy. Wow, yeah, they can. When I was there, you had a negative. You had a different kind of situation. This is before, you know, the jobs, uh, job, Photoshop. This is 
when it was before digital, it was a little harder to cover up real-time information or real-time pictures coming back. So they had to go through the lab and touch up the negatives to to reprint them so that they could hand them out. So, yeah, it, it gets to be a lot of... Um, back then, it was, it was a real cover-up, but it was a lot to cover it up. They had delays on on the astronauts talking at times. They had to go to certain panels to talk about the UFOs out there. Uh, some of the astronauts have come forward and talked about a lot of the stuff that's going on there uh, that was being covered up. And, you know, um, Musgrave, I think, and let's see. Oh, gosh, there's been a whole lot of them. Um, but anyway, there have been a lot of them. Edgar Mitchell, did he say a lot about it? Do what? Edgar, Edgar Mitchell? Am I getting the right name now? Edgar Mitchell? Well, that's the weird thing. With Edgar Mitchell, I got to talk to him. We walked the streets of D.C. for hours, he and I. And it, this is what's so strange about that. He, when I was working there, I'd heard he was doing ESP experiments in space. Okay, now you got to remember, I was into the parapsychology right. at this time. <laughs> so... I was so excited because he was doing ESP things in space. Well, I couldn't find out any more information about it. And since he was was um, an astronaut and I was a tech, I really didn't have any way to contact him, nor would I have contacted him because I was just a little lowly tech. But I was I was never heard any more about it. But then recent, more recently, and probably a few years ago, I had an opportunity to meet with him. He was one of the speakers at the Witness of Things. Well, he and I, the weird thing about this, Chris, is years before I wanted to talk to him about parapsychology and things, metaphysics, not UFOs, wasn't anything I wanted. Right. I wasn't on my agenda <laughs> at the time. But we, when we were there at a dinner party, all of us, all the witnesses and everything, for some reason, he and I, I had gotten him to do an autograph for one of my students uh, in my class. He and I walked out of the hotel, went down the elevator, walked the streets of D.C. for two hours, talking about metaphysics and spiritual things, nothing about UFOs or aliens, I swear. But every time I'd say something spiritual or a question or anything, he would add so much more information. I got a mini training <laughs> of spirituality in two hours from Dr. Mitchell. I'm telling you. Wow. At the time, I did not know he had started the uh, Institute of Noetic Sciences or was part of that. And at the time, I didn't know he was with IONS. Or... See, all of this stuff I'd been studying, looking at, but it was all interconnected with me. Right. This this person that I wanted to talk to years before was into all of this other stuff that I started reading up on. So I got my answer even years before by connecting to the ions and the Course in Miracles and all of these things that um, I didn't even realize was getting the answer to my want or my desire to talk to Dr. Mitchell. But I will say this much about him. He was one of the most spiritual, cosmic spiritual person I've ever known in my life. He was so out there. Now, he had not he had not had a contact with a being or extraterrestrial that I understand, but he did have what you would call a spiritual awakening that we all would, would really want to have. I mean, wow unbelievable so uh, he he was definitely someone that was very knowledgeable in, in that other area but uh, I'm just I'm just proud that I was able to talk to him for two or three hours just walking the streets talking I mean just like on now, everything I'd say he understood it it was so wonderful right. to be able to talk to someone that I didn't have to explain what I was talking about not, not every day you get that so I could ask yeah, I could ask a question, and he'd not only answer it, 
he'd give me so much more information. That was just unbelievable. I mean, it was like such a dream to be able to talk to someone. Now, I have close friends that are very metaphysical I can talk to, but this man was a teacher. He was definitely a teacher of all, all of it. So I'm just very, very, very happy that I got to have that experience. Wow. He was such a wonderful person to, to have met and talked to. But the, the weird thing was, it was like, we didn't say, hey, let's go talk. It we just, just happened. We did it. We went down the elevator. We went just walked out to talk. I mean, it was like, and the, and the weird thing was, when I went down the elevator, I was trying to, I was a little nervous, because, you know, I'm awestruck, starstruck. And I said to him, are you listening? <laughs> well, I said, well, if you'd have known, I plotted the course back for you to get back from the moon, you'd really been scared. <laughs> I thought he'd laugh a little bit. He didn't laugh. Oh, man. You'd have been really scared if you'd have known I'm the one who plotted your course back to the moon. He's probably working on what you, you know, how to take that. <laughs> well, he didn't, he didn't laugh. I don't know. Maybe I was just trying to break it up, you know, just right. get a little bit... You know, I mean, like, uh, well, I like to fix things with humor. I don't. That's good. No, I'm I'm similar that I'm way. Tense. Good, good. Yeah, I'm real tense. Yeah. Uh, a good thing that I've seen here is it looks like your entire experience has all come together. It's almost like, you know, everything aligned and like uh, what was supposed to happen has happened and it's coming full circle for you. Oh, definitely. You got it. You got it. That's why I'm trying to write document it all down, is because. All of this I've just now started talking about. I've kept quiet for years. I've just a few, the, one of two things that I've said got out there. And like I say, I only talk to my, my friends and my relatives about this stuff at NASA. Dr. Greer called me out of clear blue. Don't even know how I got my number. Don't know how he knew what I was saying. He hunted me down. I didn't hunt him down. And I, I, to this day, I have, I've been meaning to ask him, how did you find me? I mean, you know, how did you know that I did that or I said that? But I, I don't know how he even called me. Was it after the hacking thing whatever. with Gary or? No, this was like before. Wait, wait. This was like well, when he was asking me to be a witness. Wow. He asked me to be a witness. This was before 2001. This was way before that. It was like, like, uh, hmm. Well, that's right, because Gary got the idea from you. That's right. So. Right. So it would have been 19, in the 1990s sometime. Wow. And he called me. But, but he called me, and that's what I can't say. It's what I'm wondering. My number was unlisted. I never, and, and the only reason I did that is because um, I just am a very private person. I don't like people, sales people calling or, you know, a lot of stuff going on it's, it's, I, I just wanted my privacy and I only gave out my number to people that I knew were going to call me or whatever so or I knew them ahead of time wow so that again you know like I say he, he pretty much uh, I think what he was doing is is finding um, people that he wanted uh, to show the different organizations that are aware of UFO building a case phenomena that he wanted witnesses from those areas. All right, so going back to building eight, uh, you saw those two different kind of photos. Um, you said that's all you really saw there. You you didn't ask for it to see more. You weren't interested in seeing more. Or well. From what I gathered, see, he wasn't going to tell me there were more of them. He just said that he couldn't tell me about it. He couldn't tell me. You know, he, he in other words, he didn't say yay, nay, or I don't know. I can't tell you. I've worked on secret projects and things that I'm not supposed to talk about, and I've learned over time of working in different areas that if you, uh, you don't, if somebody says I can't talk about it, it means... It's secret. I can't talk about. It. I respect their clearance. I respect their job, their jobs 
to know they cannot talk about it. Um, I don't even question my son or anybody that I know has high clearances because they are told they can't talk about it and they're legally bound to do You're that. compromising other people. So, yeah, I don't do that. In fact, I think because I haven't told on people, I believe me, I would never do that to people that I've known and have shared with me. I would never mention names of things because they have, they're still working in secret areas. They still, I respect them. If they want to let the information out they've told me, then with their words on it and their name on it, I'll let them do it. But I'm not going to, I'm going right. to out anybody. I don't because I think there's a trust there. There's a, another whole community of people that send me things on a regular basis that believe me, <laughs> very high officials have done this. And I would never mention their name that they did this because they want, I've had someone call me or contact me and want me to add things to my book that I'm writing. And I'm going to add what they wanted me to add because I have experienced it. Right. At the same time, they they told me they can't use their names because I can't use their names because they're still in the projects of working things. So I'm going to allow some of the things uh, that I'm supposed to add is how is it kept secret. It's very compartmentalized. Huh. I'm adding all of that, everything that's requested by officials that are really, if they came out and told the truth to the public, it'd be totally believed. Totally believed. Without question. Right. But they're using me as a surrogate because people are calling me and are sharing with me and I'm not... In in instances where I can give out names, I will. But in instances I won't give out names, I would never do that because they want to be protected right now. And, and I respect them. And Anybody that, that uh, I, I want my word to be mean something. I'm not going to lie and, and tell them, oh, I won't ever tell, and, and then, then tell. You know, right. Do that. So, you didn't hear this from me, but, yeah, you're not going to do that. Yeah, right, right. Yeah, and, and believe me, there's, there are some people in, the, in, in high places, very high places, that want information out. But they can't right now. They can't bigger than them. It, but they want it out. They want it out, and uh, and I respect them and I understand where they're at. I know what they're, you know. But for me, I can talk about it because I'm not going to tell who said it. Right. And the in in the in the thing the way I can get away with it probably is, hey, I'm just a woman. I'm just a witness. <laughs> you, know? you just happened to see something you weren't looking for. You just saw it. Yeah. But the, the, I think the strength in me saying something is I am not a high official. I am just like all of the people in the United States. But you have nothing to gain, or you really have nothing to gain and more to lose by talking, really. Exactly. And like I say, every witness was certified or licensed in some area. I was too. If you lie before Congress, you lose that certification. It's against the law to lie to Congress. I mean, you know, it really is. And so we were all willing to go before Congress and testify and swear to our truth, what we were telling. So every person there that was a witness was certified. They were either lawyers or doctors or me. I was a teacher. I was certified. I couldn't get a felony charge. I mean, I couldn't get charged with anything because I, I was a teacher. So I'd lose my certification. And, you know, so like I say... I'm just like most people. I'm, I was a worker bee. I was not in charge of a lot of people. But again, you know, I really didn't expect for what I knew to go that viral. I mean, I told my friends, I told my family, and then when Dr. Greer called me and wanted me to be a witness, of course I went forward with it. But because I'd already rang the bell, I'd already been on the Internet with some people talking. But I figure I already rang the bell. It's already out there. 
I'll fess up to doing it. I did see it. I did experience it. Nobody can tell me I'm wrong because I know what I experienced. But at the same time, I don't expect everybody to believe me either. Yours is kind of a yours is kind of a less is more story. I mean, you know, anyone could come out with this tremendous story. They had two heads, eight eyes. They were approximately six foot two and thirty two centimeters tall, and this, the craft was six miles wide and two miles high. I can tell I eyeballed it. <laughs> That's hard to buy, but yours is like, oh, I was in the lab. I saw this picture. You know, it's pretty clear what happened. You know, straightforward. Well, but mine was just. I wasn't looking for it. That's the weird thing. When I sh- probably, with my background and my experiences of being in the paranormal and the, the spiritual part and the metaphysical, probably that always tagged in there with it. And which, you know, I don't know. I just, I never was until, not that I was, a, you know, like I told you, it wasn't until I was, in my early 20s that I figured out they're really here and they're really coming here. Right. I just took it as one of those things of, okay, they're here. Now, they're now do you here. think they're this... Do you think this photo tech that was touching up the photos, do you think he knew what he was doing or he was briefed on what he was doing or you think it was just something given to him and he said, remove this, ask no questions, this is your job, and if you want to keep it, just do it. Do you think it was something along those lines? Well, well, let me let me explain what I found out because I did talk to other techs and other people, and what I was told was that when they would come across things like this, all of the techs were told that it was Russian or some possible foreign uh, craft or something like that, or things of uh, Russia, and that if they're patriots, they're not going to talk about it. Mm. But the people there knew it was not the Russians. They just weren't going to be told. Wow. Yeah. So, but they were told not to talk about it. That that was why they national security about it. National security. I think they had to sign papers or something like that. See, the the thing that how I slipped through the cracks is I accidentally walked in on it. I was really working. If I hadn't walked into those other departments, I'd have never seen anything. I'd have probably never even brought the topic up to other people because I was working in a slide lab. I was building slides. I was doing all kinds of work in a different area, and I would have never had access to it unless during downtime if I hadn't walked in on it. Now, the guy that had told me he said, I can't tell you that. I said, is it a UFO? And he said, on the mosaic. And I said, is it a UFO? And he looks at me and says, I can't tell you that. And he's kind of grinning. And That's like saying, I can't, that's what it is, yeah. I can't tell you that. And he's giggling, you know, laughing like. And I went, what are you going to do with this information? Because I wasn't sure if just the text knew. How high up did this go? He says, um, I said, what are you going to do with this information, a piece of information? And he says, uh, we always have to airbrush these out before we sell them to the public. And I said, and that, so that let me know there's a protocol in place. We're getting rid of these things, so they must be pretty plentiful. Not yeah. only these craft over the earth. Yeah, it's a thing, yeah. <laughs> but, also, but but in on the moon, too. And... Uh, I did, right. when I got away from there, I did ask other people um, about it. And I, you know, I, I talked to one of the guys that was in quarantine with the astronauts. Do you know about the quarantine that the astronauts had? You, you're probably pretty young. You wouldn't know about it. But. Yeah, I mean, I know it's happened. I, I did actually um, actually listen to one of your other interviews where you, where you mentioned that you interviewed some of the quarantine astronauts who witnessed something on right. the moon, I believe. Well, what what had happened was this man that I had interviewed or talked to, he had told me that uh, the astronauts were all told not to talk about what they'd seen, and they were all briefed on that. And he uh, he went into he he told me he says if you ever say I told you this I'll I'll say I didn't, but he he had talked a lot about how they were told not to talk about it, and uh, he was sort of like a butler. In the quarantine, 
excuse me, with the astronaut, I think he was like, like there to help him. Right. Like the butler. If you, uh, they they did quarantine because they were afraid they might bring some germ back, super virus or something from the moon or somewhere. I'm not sure. Right, and I'm not even sure. Is there any kind of scientific uh, expectation that would suggest there would be a disease brought back from the moon, or I mean, is that is that like a big mystery? Well, not that I heard of, but see, this is what people don't understand. For years, <coughs> every scenario was thought out ahead of time. Every safeguard was thought out ahead of time. Sure, absolutely. Uh, everything was, and they had backups for everything. I mean. It was so planned out, uh, we just didn't wiggle our nose and go to the moon in 10 years. <laughs> I have a feeling we were planning a lot longer than 10 years to go to the moon. In fact, I remember my granddad talking about it on the front porch when I was like five or six. Yeah, they'd have to have a computer as big as this block to figure out how to go to the moon. <laughs> you can figure it out on our iPhones now. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, I don't know. It just, um, it, I just... I remember that every aspect from the food, everything was analyzed, what to do, what chemicals to, to meet, uh, what what chemicals not to mix or bring on the board, not to... Uh, in fact, my best friend, my best girlfriend, I've had her for 23 years. Her husband was head of the, uh, uh, gosh, the part of the... He just recently died recently. Oh, sorry. Uh, yeah, he he is a great man. He's a wonderful man, head of safety at NASA. Okay. And he would say, yeah, there, you know, he had to figure out what chemicals they could bring or what they couldn't bring, all kinds of things, so that um, that they wouldn't mix up and explode up there. You know, it, there was a lot of work involved in in the testing they did in Skylab, what things they could bring, what what uh, things they they couldn't bring and, and all sorts of things. So it, it was a lot of thought given that people would never have even thought of. And, and like I say, viruses, can, you know, I have a feeling we probably left more germs on the moon <laughs> yeah, than we brought back. Yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. Like, yeah, we're probably growing some really good viruses up there right now. Oh, I'm, man. I'm guessing, <laughs> well, I'm just. I, well, while you were there, I'm assuming you weren't 100% satisfied with that. It looks like you, uh, from what I've heard, you've talked to some people off the record, off-site, uh-huh. about their experiences and what they've seen uh, being in there. Is there any of those stories that you can share, anything that stood out to you that was along those lines? Well, yes. In fact, I'm putting it in my book, and I'm going to tell you this. And this is going to be really hot topic, and it's going to be very controversial, I think, it's well, I'm almost afraid to mention it because I don't think my book will be published if I put it in it. Oh my gosh! <laughs> Gonna chance it anyway. I'm serious. This this part, you know, the Apollo 13. Yep. Okay. Okay. What I was going to add, but I didn't. But I will tell. You. The flight controller brought the splashdown slide work uh, coordinates to me, hand carried them. First time that ever happened. And there was a part off of Florida uh, that was shaped. Uh, I had to draw the coordinates in a peanut shape. It was a peanut shape. And I had to dot the lines, uh, you know, break the lines. Mm-hmm. And then I had to do the other for the landing coming into the Atlantic and all that. Well, when the flight controller came over, I pointed to that peanut I had to draw out there, and I said, isn't that the Bermuda Triangle there? And he says, well, it's called that, but uh, I said, so he says, well, we don't know why it happened, but there's an that area there where the Bermuda Triangle is, <laughs> it, it messes up electronics a lot, and we don't want them to splash down over there because we want to find them. And I said, I said, oh, really? He said, yeah, but we don't know why it happens. We just don't want them to land there. So it went off and everything. So more recently, when I'm writing my 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 memory of this event, I looked it up. Well, nobody claims it really exists. 
else right now. <laughs> right. It's that in the urban it's legend, right? It's just right. Now, get this, okay? What I have found is things that are kept secret are usually used as weapons. Hmm. Okay. Now, I believe, my personal opinion, because they got coordinates, they know about this stuff. Okay. What happens? I've watched the History Channel. When you get into this area and it's doing... I'm not saying this is paranormal. I'm saying this is a natural phenomenon that happens and you just don't know what it is. That okay. airplane went through it and was miles and miles away from where they last contact. Some kind of time warp. Okay? Now, what airplane have you heard that disappeared and ended up in the Indian Ocean? Hundreds and hundreds of miles away from where it was last heard of. Hmm. Where it couldn't have possibly have traveled to. I'm, gonna, I'm not going to even say it, but I'm going to say I think we know how to manipulate that or how to use it. You think or we can control time travel? Do, it. do what? We, we think we can yeah, manipulate time. Like, I, I guess so, but it's also uh, reporting or exporting a object an object miles and miles away in a very short period of time from where it was last located. I think there was a test run done on that not too long ago. Wow. That's my opinion. And do you think just having that opinion will stop you from getting your book published? You can have an opinion. Yes. An opinion, but if it's an opinion that's right on the nose, it's yeah. <laughs> I guess it's an opinion that I, I know there's coordinates for, and it's very real. But it's you know what it is. It's kept secret. Okay, you tell me. I never expected time travel to come up in this discussion. <laughs> that's amazing. <laughs> I, I don't even know if it's time travel. I'm calling them deporting something or transporting something. Oh, like a transport. Dematerialize in one area and pop up somewhere else. We, we are transporting molecule, molecules like a molecule away now um, mm-hmm. at a I time. They got it more. <laughs> I think so. In my opinion that we got a lot more than that. And this is what I just chuckled because I think we've got, we've got weaponry. We don't need nuclear bombs. We don't need chemical stuff. We don't need biological stuff. I think that whoever's in charge of the of the shadow government has got weaponry that's so phenomenal. A person or group of people would never even know what hit them or what happened. Wouldn't even know. Wouldn't even see bodies. Wouldn't wouldn't know what happened. I mean, it would be like gone. And that's pretty far out. I know. This 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 Bermuda Triangle theory, that's something worth looking into. Mm-hmm. And the way you said that, if they said it to you the way you said they said it to you, sorry, if they say it to you the way they said they said it to you, it almost sounds like they're being dismissive trying to get off the subject. Yeah, I yeah. am. Because it's kind of touchy. I, I do believe it's part of a bot, uh, some kind of weaponry. I really do now. Wow. I really, really do. And, and there's other things involved that I won't mention names of people. <laughs> I, I do believe that with all my heart. There's more than one place That's like what, that, too. Oh, I know. There's other triangles. Mm-hmm. Well, it's not triangular. That's the weird thing. It's peanut-shaped. The Bermuda peanut. <laughs> the Bermuda peanut. Let's coin that phrase, man. You, uh-huh. you, you should, you should mm-hmm. copyright that. <laughs> but um, okay. now, now in in your findings, as you dealt with and talked to people, one story I know of that you didn't mention is is the man with the photographs. Um, somebody was told to burn photographs, and they looked at one and got beat up for it. Oh, this is on that. This is oh, yeah, in NASA. Yeah. yeah, that was that was uh, that was a gentleman that was a guard at NASA. He was a black guard, and he had this huge caved-in mark in his forehead, and uh. I was working at an oil tool company. I helped kind of establish the company, you know, the art department and everything. And I was part owner at the time, you know, wow. one of the people getting to get part ownership of it. And I had my own office, and I remember, uh, 
I don't know who I'd mentioned it to, but this black guard, he came in, and he, he shut the door, and he says, Donna, he says, I know what you're saying is true. I know that NASA's keeping this secret. And then he starts, and he's scared out of his mind, you know, and I said, oh? And he says, yeah, he says, I was told that I had to burn something, some photographs, and that I couldn't look at them. They were all face down. He says, it was a guard with fatigues, guarding me with a rifle. And I wasn't to look at any of them. And he said, uh, I had to burn them. And the guard was there to make sure he didn't look at them. And he was throwing them into the incinerator. And uh, he says, I couldn't help it. I had to see one of them. And he says, what I saw was this craft, this circular object on the ground. And it had like little metal bumps on it. And it looked kind of burnt. And he says, and I know it was real because all the cattle in the back, behind the, the thing, they had their tails stuck straight up. Now, he told me this. He says, when cattle get scared, their tails go straight up like that. And I had never heard that. I just, he says, and the minute I looked at it, he said, that guy hit me in the forehead, knocked me clean out and with the butt of the gun in the forehead. Knocked him out. No, he never felt there was a recourse he can take for being uh, hit at work, or is this, you know, is the military or nowhere for, you know, like, you know. Well, he was a guard. He was like, uh, he was not military. Oh, he was a NASA military employee. Guy watching him. Yeah. Military guy watching him. So he had nowhere to go with this. No, he told me about it, and I said, I just looked at. It. He was terrified. You got to realize this man was terrified. He was scared to death, and, and luckily I've forgotten his name. <laughs> Thank God. I don't think I'd ever want to out him. Although Blackguard with scar on his forehead is pretty well common, you know. <laughs> you don't. You don't think know, he I came see. forward ever, huh? Do what? He's never come forward. It doesn't seem. No, I wish he would. Did NASA and or Philco uh, ever discover you were talking to people about this? Did they ever find out? Well, eventually, um, yeah, I I was going to uh, what you call a UFO. Uh, one of the engineers at NASA was really into the UFO subject, uh, a Mr. John Schusler. Now, I think even though we never had a one-on-one, he knew that this stuff existed. He came forward and was talking about it, and he was head of the MUFON and all this stuff. Well. Uh, at one of his parties there at his house, we were getting together there, you know, two guys. Oh, by the way, I look at people the way they stand. I can pretty well judge who's who. <laughs> I mean, I can tell ex-military the way they stand. I can tell everything about a person by the way they, they walk, they talk, or whatever. Right, re- reading body posture, yeah. Do what? Yeah. Body language. I mean, they stand at attention. They can't help themselves. They stand at attention. They can be wearing <laughs> plaid shirts or, or flowery shirts or whatever, but you can tell they're military. There was one military man there. He was probably high-ranking. He looked pretty high-ranking. But then two of the guys that were there, they were wearing black pants and white shirts, and they had these little radios on their waist. I knew they were spooks. I mean, I don't, I mean, I don't care. They decided to come over and talk to me at my house. Interesting. Well, my husband was out in the garage working on a Volkswagen, and he was doing all these weird tools and everything. And they basically told me that it's not a good idea for me to talk about all that UFO stuff. All right, so we're going to stop right there. Um, lots of compelling stuff there. Uh, Donna does talk about uh, one of the pictures, one of the photos she saw while at NASA was one of these pictures of something on the moon. She did send me a copy of uh, different views of that picture. You can find those in the video uh, stream uh, when you're watching the, uh, if you're listening to the podcast and you're looking at it on Blog Talk Radio, there's a slideshow and those photos are in there as a close up and everything. I, I've seen these these moon uh, these moon structures on the internet before and in specials on TV and movies, and I thought to myself, oh, that could be anything, and you know, why, why does it have to be objects and structures on the moon and why do I? Why would I 
jump to conclusions and believe something that radical. But here we have, you know, if Donna's that we believe, she's correlating and confirming this because she's seen it, and you're all going to see it too if you look at that slideshow. Um, so more next week with Donna. It's going to be a, a one more part, part three, next Thursday. Uh, we're going to cover uh, more about uh, these people who came to her and told her not to speak, uh, intimidation tactics, uh, was she ever afraid for her life, and she will answer the 10 questions with Donna Hare. It's going to be great uh, next week. You won't want to miss it. If you didn't hear uh, part one of my Come Get Some Extra extra episode I did last week on Friday about Scientology with uh, the critical thinker, Chris Shelton, uh, go back and listen to it. It was a phenomenal conversation. Chris uh, Shelton brings a lot to the table in knowledge and information. Uh, it's a good talk. And part two will be tomorrow at 1 p.m., a full hour of Chris Shelton. Uh, second part, he's going to talk about uh, abuses in Scientology, physical, mental, and otherwise, and, uh, and he's going to talk about OT3, OT8, uh, and so much more, including uh, Chris Shelton will do 10 questions tomorrow. So make sure you tune in for that. A lot of great stuff to come uh, right here on Come Get Some. In the meantime, you know, uh, saddened uh, by the loss of this uh, Christmas holiday. It's been a lot, a lot to take in. Um, you know, George Michaels, uh, Carrie Fisher, um, you know, and uh, and her mom, it's, uh, it's, it's a lot. So uh, just the best wishes to this family and, and positive thoughts. So uh, until next week, that about sums it up. See you then. Oh, no, until tomorrow. <laughs> You're coming back tomorrow, right? Until tomorrow, that about sums it up. Have a good day. I'm getting down to the sum of this. The sum of that. The sum of everything. Come on, come on, yeah.